Konnichiwa, and welcome to the Board Game Dojo's Quick Hit series, where we cover a topic in 15-ish minutes. Today is our monthly series covering our hits and misses, the success stories and the failures, the good games and the bad, for the last month. hit is probably one you've heard many other board game podcasts and YouTubers talk about in the last couple of years, Wingspan. And we can thank Board Game Arena for that. You see, when Wingspan first came out, all of us senseis tried it. Francis and his girlfriend are avid bird watchers. My wife loves learning about cute birds, and so I thought introducing them to the game would be good. At the time, it was crazy expensive to get an English copy in Japan, so when I visited the US, I bought both expansions, the folded space insert, and of course, the game itself, and brought it back. Francis, he liked it well enough, but needed it in Japanese, and my wife was uh, lukewarm about it. So I sold it maybe mm, a couple months ago. But with the new BGA implementation that recently released, my wife wanted to try it again, and wow did she love it. With the housekeeping aspects out of the way, and the fact that in between turns she could Google image the birds we were playing, she took to it and wanted to play it something like 6 or 7 times in the span of 48 hours. Ah, oh, there was definitely like a in the wingspan of 48 hours joke there, wasn't there? And we could, and we did. I've now ordered a new base game copy and the nice rubber mats, and I'm waiting for someone to put the expansions on sale. But it amazes me how much impact a good online implementation makes. And it also brings up a different interesting discussion of how much is too much for new gamers. When Wingspan came out, and I've said similar things about other games, honestly, reviewers themselves were lukewarm on it, partly because of its difficulty. It was in this weird space where it was too hard for newbies, too lucky for hobbyists. But I wonder if that's taking the theme out of it. Or, in other words, it's taking the reason they want to play the game out of it. It's amazing how quickly people can pick things up when they want to give effort. Wingspan has succeeded because I think it's a good game, but it's also succeeded because it has given a reason for people to learn this thing we love called board gaming. They want to buy a thing called expansions and they want to get these secret bonuses. And that's something truly to sing about. But with every hit comes some flops, I suppose, and I have given it its fair shake and have to say I just don't like Llama. In Llama, there is a play pile and a draw pile. The numbered cards go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, Llama. You're trying to get rid of the cards in your hand. On your turn, you can either play the same number card on the play pile, play a number card one higher than the card on the play pile, or draw one card. Then it's the next player's turn. You'll go around the circle doing this until someone runs out of cards in their hand. You lose a point for each different number card you have left in your hand. For example, you'd only get like one negative point for three threes, but you lose 10 points if you have a llama in your hand at the end of the round. So wait, you probably don't want to do that. So let me tell you about the other option you have on your turn. You could also quit the round if you think you're going to lose. So instead of drawing more cards and possibly losing more points, you live to see another day. This is the other way the round can end if everyone quits. And I kind of just wish I could quit this game entirely. It's basically Uno, but without the skips and draw fours and other special powers. 
And on your turn, there really isn't that much decision space. The game pretty much plays itself. Sure, there's the gamble of continuing to play, but it's not enough to hold my attention for very long. If I want to play an Uno variant, I would go to Fuji Flush or Red 7, because at least there's some semblance of a strategy one could employ. Or at least it seems like I'm actually playing the game, whereas Llama feels like it's playing me. I do have the dice version of this game, and I hear that it is much better, but for now, I don't want to go anywhere near this Llama anytime soon. Partly based on the language independent episode we released last week, I downloaded Tokaido on my iPad again and introduced my wife to it. Tokaido is a game in which players travel down the Tokaido road, deciding where to stop along the way, like stopping to paint landscapes, shop for souvenirs, meet people, or donate to the temples. You have various checkpoints along the way at which you have to wait for others to catch up at before having a meal. You may move as far as you want on each turn, and each spot along the path has room for only one or two people, so getting there early can block someone else from getting what you want. But alas, the major ooh mechanism is that the player who goes next is the person that is furthest behind along the path, meaning that if you go far, you won't have a turn for a while. Thanks in part to its pleasantness, and in large part thanks to its art, I never mind playing this game. Is it going to win awards for the best game of the year? No, but not every game has to. I am so tempted to again buy the physical copy, especially since they recently did a retail release of the deluxe edition and the miniatures. I don't know, maybe I'm a sucker for the Japanese theme, the elegance and the simplicity of the mechanics, maybe it's that the characters are just asymmetric enough to make each game's goals slightly different and interesting. But every time I go away from this, every time I sell this, it isn't long until it crosses my mind to play it again, and I regret giving it away. October is the month of my birthday, so I got to play some games with the family who aren't really into board games, but they nicely once a year indulge me with a day of gaming. The games we played will cover the rest of this episode. My wife and my mom are big fans of Clue or Cluedo, depending on where you're from, so I introduced them to Awkward Guests, a clever game that I had traded for a couple months ago. The selling point of Awkward Guests is that it's a more advanced version of Clue that's supposed to fix some of the major issues in the game. First off, the possibilities of clue combinations are incredible. Each card is numbered on the back. I think it goes to something like 200, 250. And in the book or on the app, it'll give you a combination of cards to shuffle together. Using those clues, you'll have a unique game with a unique killer, location, and weapon. And how the game handles sharing information is clever as well, with one player on their turn able to ask about two things, either a character or a room. They can ask about two characters, two rooms, or one of each. The other players will then give them a value of the cards in their hand that correspond to either one of or both of those things, with the higher value cards being more helpful hints that allow you to eliminate more possibilities. That player can then agree to switch cards with the person who offers them information, and they have to give them cards of at least equal value. It gives the players a reason to want to switch, because the more information you give others, the more they are probably given you. But at the end of the day, it's up to your deductions that will lead you to victory. It's eliminating the rooms based on possible routes the murderer took. It's eliminating weapons when you figure out the room. It's the little details that will allow you to get to the answer faster than your opponents. And like Clue, if you tried to guess it and you're wrong, you are out. 
This game was a slam dunk with all four of us. My father tried to guess first based on deductions, but he was wrong and he mentioned that it bugged him the rest of the day, as he just wanted to try again to learn from past mistakes. Maybe it helped that I won, but this game is a keeper and straight up replaces Clue for me. Another game we played was So Clover, which is one of those simple word games that you swear you've probably played before but you never have and you wonder why. Each player is given a four-leaf clover that can house word cards. You'll put four words on your clover and in the gaps between the words, you need to write a word in the space that connects those two things. So for example, if your two words are milk and cheese, you could say dairy. Then you move over and for the next two, hmm, it's cheese and house. How about cottage? And so on and so forth. But it's never that easy, don't worry. Once you are done making your connections, you'll take the word cards out of your board, draw a random one from a pile, and shuffle them. The other players at the table now have the job of trying to figure out the order in which your word cards were on your clover. It's super simple to explain, and it is incredibly, uh, well, it's, um, clover? This game comes in a long line of games that seem to be making word games a go-to. Whether it's a game of Wordle or a crossword, everyone has some kind of experience with word games, so people just inherently seem to get it. Letter Jam, So Clover, Just One, these are excellent games I heartily recommend. For the moment, I think So Clover might replace Just One, at least for smaller crowds. It just lends itself naturally to more creativity, laughter, and downright clever moments. we played ESPN Trivia Night, a game I had gotten on clearance and bought with curiosity. It mixes trivia and dexterity, offering that even if people didn't know the answers, they had chances for points by doing dexterous things instead. Okay, I thought. Sounds promising. It was, um, not really very good. Well, okay, let me give a caveat. The idea was that all of my family knows something about sports, so that wasn't the problem. The problem was that the game just lacked, I don't know, any real semblance of togetherness. The dexterity idea is cool, but it's actually a game of tiddlywinks, and some of them are just downright near impossible to pull off. If you miss a basketball question, for example, you're supposed to flick this circle into a plastic hoop. Kind of think like a paper football, but with plastic. It's very difficult. So the saving grace from a lack of trivia knowledge is hard, so maybe the questions are easy? But no, absolutely not. But I guess that's many trivia games. I think where this game goes wrong, where other trivia games like Wits and Wagers goes right, is that it seems that there's no real way that anyone that isn't on the same level of trivia as the others has any way to win. The dexterity is supposed to help, but it might actually be harder. With a few rules tweaks, we made it at least enjoyable, but I think this game is really only for the diehard sports fans who also don't mind playing some flicking games. I could totally see the situation in This Would Work. I can envision the people I would play this with, and with some alcoholic beverages, it could even be fun, but I wouldn't fall for some of the advertising that makes this sound like the whole family with varying amounts of sports knowledge can pick this up and play. This is for the diehard, watches ESPN every day, subscribes to NFL Sunday Ticket type of sports fan. And if that's you, this might be the trivia game for you. But for as much sports as my family likes, it was really not for us. Before I sign off, I thought I'd take a little time to let you know what's upcoming from us, both on the podcast front and the YouTube front. We just released a video on five great games to play on Halloween, and we are thinking of breaking down some of them further, including one of Reiner Knizia's newest games, Tatari. 
We will also be starting some new YouTube series, including board game battles and hidden gems from Asia. We are really looking forward to those. On the podcast front, let us know if there are any topics you want us to talk about. We have some already planned, but we always welcome feedback and inspirations from our audience. And that goes for YouTube, too. Well, that's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. We'll be releasing a full-length podcast in the upcoming days. If you like this, please, please, please think about following or subscribing or even rating us five stars. It really helps us out. Until next time, Janet.